Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hello and welcome to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero and I am your host. Today we are talking about baptism of the Spirit and that is not the sacrament of baptism. There's a distinction between the two and so we're going to talk about that today. So stay tuned and we're going to get there. But first, I want to issue a very big apology to all of you guys. I received a review of the podcast as a three-star review saying that they like what I have to say, but they felt that I pushed the brand too much. And I'm extremely sorry if that has happened. One, I don't view Clumsy Theosis as a brand, and I try not to treat it that way. I see this as a ministry, um, helping all of us grow in community together in holiness. So if it has come across as a brand, I am so sorry. Also, I'm very sorry if I have pushed anything, and I don't really know exactly what this reviewer meant. The only thing I can think of is they were talking about Patreon. Um, I've, you know, recently got Patreon for the last six weeks, and I'm just really excited about it because it just means that there's so much that I can do in the future. Um, And even now, like, it's just freeing me up to do more and make more resources for all of you guys. And that's just exciting to me. And if my excitement has come across as being pushy, I'm totally, totally sorry. Please know I am going to continue to mention Patreon and to ask for patrons because the patrons are what is going to make this ministry grow and help me to help um, spread the good news. So hopefully you guys can understand that. And also I do want to say, I hope that you guys know that you can always reach out to me personally. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. And if you feel this way or anything, like if anything is on your mind or it's just not sitting right with you, please reach out to me. I would love to know what you're thinking personally. Um, so that I could address it and, you know, correct things or explain things or whatever, what, what not. So please accept my heartfelt apologies. And reviews like that don't help Clumsy Theosis get out there in the world. So if you like the show, if you enjoy it, and you would like to help other people find it, if you would take a few moments and leave a positive review, five-star review with something that you like about the podcast, that would actually do a lot to help other people find the show. Okay, back on topic, baptism of the Spirit. Back in 2008, on Pentecost, Pope Benedict XVI issued this invitation to the faithful. He said, let us rediscover Dear brothers and sisters, the beauty of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let us recover awareness of our baptism and our confirmation, ever timely sources of grace. He says, let us rediscover and let us recover awareness. Like that's something that we need to focus in on here. And also we need to ask, what does he mean when he's talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit? And why is he mentioning it separately from the sacraments of baptism and confirmation. And most importantly, we have to ask, what about baptism in the Holy Spirit needs to be rediscovered and renewed? So let's look at baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is nothing new to our faith. We read about it in sacred scripture, right? So when you read the gospels, in all four of the gospels, you will hear 
John the Baptist saying, I baptize with water, but the Lord or the one who comes after me will baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And you read that in all four of the gospels. Also in the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, Jesus tells his apostles, he tells them, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will receive baptism with the Holy Spirit. And then we also see St. Peter using this phrase when he's talking about Gentile conversion later on in Acts chapter 11. So when we read these passages in scripture about baptism in the Spirit, aren't we reading about the sacrament of baptism? Well, yes and no. I'll explain. Let's look at baptism in the Spirit for starters. So let's define that first. Baptism in the Spirit, it's sometimes called baptism of the Spirit. And it's a prayer experience in which the power of the Holy Spirit is released within your spirit. And that power causes you to experience the risen Christ in a very personal way, in a way that is so personal and so profound that it is life-changing. It's a life-changing experience. And I say experience, and I want to emphasize that here because we're talking about God. You know, God is a person. God is actually three persons. And we, when we encounter people, we experience them. So when you are praying, you are experiencing God in prayer. And if you're not, then I don't know what you're doing, right? Because God is a person and God is to be experienced. But back to what I was saying, as a result of that profound life-changing experience, you will typically experience the following things. You will have a new awareness of Christ's presence in your life and in the Eucharist. You're going to notice that you have a deeper devotional and prayer life. You will also notice that all of a sudden you have a stronger attraction to prayer, to sacred scripture, and to all of the sacraments. And you'll also discover that you have like a new added source of help to live up to all of the moral demands of Christianity. And you're going to also find some new ease when you're practicing the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And that experience that you have, that initial experience will mark the beginning of a closer union between yourself and God. All of this, I can personally attest to being true. I received baptism of the Spirit in the summer of 2010, and it radically changed my relationship with the Lord, with the church, with prayer, with the sacraments, with with my fellow neighbors, everything. And it was an amazing, it was was an amazing gift from the Holy Spirit. And you might think like, wow, if those are all the things you get with baptism of the Spirit, yeah, I want all that. Give me all that. Okay. Okay. Just hold on a second, because (laughs) with baptism of the Spirit also comes a manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are amazing, but some people can get a little uncomfortable and a little weirded out. Okay, so when I say a manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the charismatic gifts or the charisms of the Holy Spirit, things like words of wisdom, words of knowledge, an increase in faith the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, um, the gift of prophecy, also um, the discernment of spirits, as well as speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, and also an interpretation of tongues. Now, like I said, a lot of Catholics can get uncomfortable with this. And if that's you, if you're not sure about this whole baptism of the Holy Spirit after I tell you all of that, 
that's okay. Don't tune out. I invite you to just wait a second and just learn a little bit. Okay, so these charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, we get this list from Scripture. We get this list from St. Paul, who is preaching about the kingdom of God, right? He's preaching about a new life in Christ. And remember that St. Paul is writing 20 to 30 years after the resurrection of Christ. And in his letters, we're reading about what life was like for the early Christians. From the Acts of the Apostles, you know, in sacred scripture, to all of the letters that we read in sacred scripture, that is like the infant church. That's the early church. And it's about real Christians who were living out the Christian faith. So they were living out all of those charisms. And that is why St. Paul is talking about that. He's saying, you're going to get a new life in Christ, and this is what comes with it, right? So all of the early Christians had, they were aware of the fact that they had, and they used all of these charismatic gifts of the Spirit. And all of those miracles and things that we read about in Scripture, um, they're not just for Jesus and the apostles, well, except for the sacraments. Like, those things are reserved and only... um, possible for (laughs) the apostles. However, everything else is what happens when you live a life in the spirit, when you live a life in the Holy Spirit of God, of Christ, right? So that should tell us that today we are also supposed to be doing the same thing, that we have the same things that those early Christians had. And if we have been baptized We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us already. But most of us know that, right? We know that we've been baptized. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times we stop there. We don't continue that line of thought. And what I mean by that is that we don't ask what that means. Like, what does it mean to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? I know I never asked that question. Or more importantly, what does that power do? right? Because power is not something that's dormant. Power is something that is active. So let's take a minute and connect some dots. So we know that the Holy Spirit gives us sanctifying grace, washes away our sins, and brings us into God's family as children of God when we're baptized, right? We know that happens at our baptism through the Holy Spirit. So we have to ask then, what does it mean to be a child of God? Now, longtime listeners, especially those who have listened to episodes that I've done about theosis will remember that a child of God is someone who is a fellow heir with Christ. We read this in scripture and heirs are people who are going to be able to receive an inheritance. So whatever inheritance Christ is going to receive, we will receive the same thing because we are fellow heirs with him. And Christ is an heir to the kingdom of heaven. Now the kingdom of heaven is where? Is it only in heaven, like after we die, or is it beginning here on earth now? Well, we know that Jesus tells us the kingdom of heaven is dawning, or he'll say sometimes that it's at hand, meaning that it's starting now. And so during his sermon on the mount or his sermon on the plain, depending on which gospel you're in, Jesus tells us all about the kingdom of heaven. And he does this when he's giving us the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are like the key to the kingdom of heaven. Like this is like how if you want to live in the kingdom of heaven, you live out the Beatitudes. That's what he's saying. 
okay? But if you have ever tried to live out the Beatitudes, they are really hard, okay? I use the Beatitudes as my examination of conscience before confession, and let me tell you, I'm failing right and left. It is hard to live out the Beatitudes using only our human capacity, and Jesus knew that that would be the case, and that is why he sent us the paraclete, the counselor, the helper. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit. And at our baptism, yes, we receive sanctifying grace. We receive a washing away of our sins, and of original sin, sorry, and bringing us into God's family as children of God. We receive all of that through the Holy Spirit, but we also receive something else to help us live out the Beatitudes. And that something else are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, St. Augustine actually linked up each beatitude with its corresponding gift of the Holy Spirit. And I have an episode on that, and I'll link it down below in the show notes for you guys to reference. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us to help us to live in the kingdom of heaven, which is to say to be transformed through a life of theosis and to become saints, right? That is our goal. So do you see how important and instrumental the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to our spiritual development and our spiritual maturity? Like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, these are not spare parts. Okay, let me give you guys an example here. If you guys are familiar with Ikea, you will know that every stitch of furniture that is in that store, if you buy it, you get a box full of pieces that you have to assemble yourself. If you put together that furniture and at the end you have some spare pieces or some spare parts, you know, or hopefully you don't know, but I know from experience that that piece of furniture is not going to be as sound or as stable as it should be, and most likely it is not going to be safe, right? So the same thing is also true when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that is where baptism of the Spirit comes in. Okay. Now, at this point, I'm anticipating you guys might have a couple questions or comments arising within you. Now, first of all, you might be one of those people who, you know, you're thinking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and in your mind, you can imagine these happy, clappy, Pentecostal holy rollers who are literally jumping up and down and acting all crazy and speaking out, you know, like, blurting out like weird, loud things that you don't even understand. And you're like, I am not down with that. No, thank you. Okay. If that's you, don't worry because it's not always like that. (laughs) I went to Franciscan University, which is known for being a school that promotes the charisms of the Holy Spirit. And it should. All Catholic universities, all Catholic churches, they should promote living out all of these charisms of the Holy Spirit. Okay, now at Franciscan, the student body is extremely diverse. The students have extremely different interests, different backgrounds, different personalities, and God loves that and he cherishes that and he wants us to be different, right? We are all supposed to be different because that's what makes up the kingdom of heaven. Okay, now the majority of the student body and faculty at Franciscan University when I was there, and I'm sure it probably is the same way now, They were charismatic in the sense that they knew that they had the gifts of the Holy Spirit within them, and they cultivated those gifts in their lives, and they were always learning more about the gifts in order to live them out better. But 
like I said, they were all very different people. So not all of them were the jumping up and down, um, waving their arms in the air, screaming out like crazy praises. That's not everyone's style, right? Some of them might have done that, but that is because that is the type of expression that was prompted within them by the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit knew suited their disposition. You get what I'm saying? You don't have to praise the Lord in a certain way in order to be baptized in the Spirit or live out the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, now another common question regarding baptism of the Spirit is, I was already baptized as a baby or even, you know, in my adult life, I've already been baptized, so I already have the baptism of the Spirit, don't I? Okay, so regarding the difference between baptism as a sacrament, and baptism of the Spirit. Here's the deal. In the early church, they were understood to be the same thing because the early church knew that when you were baptized, you had these gifts and that you were supposed to start cultivating them and using them right away. But somehow that's kind of gotten lost in our teaching and catechesis of the faith. So at your baptism, yes, You received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are in you right now. But oftentimes, they remain kind of dormant because we have not been taught. We don't really talk about this as a church. We have not been taught that we are supposed to cooperate with God's grace and grow in these gifts that were given to us. See, baptism of the Spirit, it does not give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit, because you already have them from your baptism, it releases the gifts that are bound up within you through first being educated about them and learning that you you need to cooperate with God's grace in order to use them. And also there needs to be prayer, like fervent prayer, because you're talking to God about using the gifts that he's given you, right? That makes sense. You know, like you're talking to God about about the supernatural gifts that he's given you, and you have to fervently desire them and desire to live them out and have them released within you. So you have to learn about them, and you have to pray to the Father and to Christ and to the Holy Spirit to have them released in your life. Now, This is what Pope Benedict was talking about in that quote that I read at the beginning of this episode when he said, rediscover the beauty of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and recover awareness of our baptism and our confirmation. That's what he's referring to, right? In the early church, like I said, these things were understood as being together, right? And it was part of the catechesis that, yes, you have these, you need to learn how to use them. And we have forgotten that in our catechesis. So here's a great analogy. Let's think about chocolate milk. All right, so you wanna make chocolate milk. So you get a tall glass of ice cold milk, right? And you put it on the counter. Then you grab that, um, the squeezy bottle of the chocolate syrup and you squeeze that chocolate syrup into that glass of milk. And all of that yummy brown syrup, that's not healthy, but tastes amazing. It falls down on the bottom of that glass. Okay, so imagine that That is you at your baptism. You are that glass of milk and that chocolate syrup are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are poured into you and they just sit there on the bottom. Okay, so you just pick up that glass of milk as it is now and you try to take a sip of it. What are you gonna taste? You're just gonna taste milk because the chocolate is all at the bottom of that glass. 
Okay, so say you put a spoon in that glass and then you start stirring up the chocolate syrup. And all of a sudden, that chocolate is gonna be dispersed and released with um, throughout all of the milk and then the milk is gonna turn that beautiful chocolate milk brown. You're gonna take a sip of it and it's going to taste like chocolate milk. It's not just gonna be plain milk anymore. All right, that's what happens when you receive baptism of the spirit. So you've already had your sacramental baptism. So you've already gotten the chocolate syrup inside of your glass of milk, but it hasn't been stirred up yet because you didn't know that you needed to cooperate with God's grace in order to learn about these gifts and learn how to use them because they're already within within you. So once you get baptism of the spirit, it stirs up and it releases all of those gifts of the Holy Spirit that were given to you and you become more aware of them, and you get all of these other great, amazing benefits with regard to your spirituality and your prayer life, and you then begin to operate in the Spirit of God. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like I said, it does not give you the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It just stirs up and releases the gifts that you have already been given typically. I mean, we do read about the Gentile Cornelius in sacred scripture who, you know, his whole family, they received baptism of the spirit first and St. Peter noticed this and he was like, oh, these people have received baptism in the spirit. Now we must baptize them with water, right? Technically that can happen, but most of the time in the case of a Catholic, that is not what happens. But this stirring up and this releasing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that is exactly what I experienced when I received baptism of the Spirit. I felt stirred up inside. I felt different, but not like I was a different person, but like I was a more alive person. And God was suddenly so much more personal to me, and I had a hunger and a thirst for prayer and to spend time with the Lord in prayer. And then, like, when it even came to my fellow neighbors, I was even different with them. I was somehow able to look at them with more compassion, and I had more patience when dealing with them and understanding. And what had happened was I was now looking at them through the eyes of Christ, because I had his spirit stirred up within me. So receiving the baptism of the spirit was an instrumental gift from the Lord, and it has made our relationship as dynamic as it is today. If that is something that sounds desirable to you, if you would like to have all of those gifts of the Holy Spirit that were already given to you at your baptism, if you would like to have those stirred up within you to help you to live out the life of beatitude in the kingdom of heaven, or if you want to have a new awareness of Christ's presence in your life and in the Eucharist and a deeper prayer life and a stronger attraction to prayer and the sacraments and the scriptures, or if you would like a new source of help in order to live out all of the moral demands of our faith, then what you want is the power of Jesus's Holy Spirit within you. You want the baptism of the Spirit to release all of those gifts that are within you so that they can work through you and through your life. So here's my invitation to you. Learn more about baptism of the Spirit. Learn more about the spiritual lifts and how spiritual lifts, about the spiritual gifts and how to live them out. I recommend the Wild Goose is Loose series, and I'll link that down in the show notes for you guys. Um, You can also learn more about all of this 
through charismatic Catholic groups and try to find one near you because that community of people who are already learning and living out the gifts of the Spirit are very helpful to, you know, to teach you how to pray for that outpouring and how to live out those gifts. It's extremely helpful to have a community. And you can also attend what's called a Life in the Spirit seminar. Those are, again, places where you will find community also and a lot of education on living a life in the Spirit and the spiritual gifts that you have. Or today, right now, you can start by just saying a simple prayer right now, like with that fervor in your heart, with that longing in your heart. And you can ask the Lord, you can say something like, Lord, I want to receive baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want you to stir up all of the gifts that you have given me at my baptism. I want to experience all of these things in my life, and I don't really know exactly what baptism of the Spirit is, but if it is your will for me to live out the charisms that you gave me at my baptism, to start living them out right now, if that is your will, that is what I want. And I pray that the Lord does release all of those wonderful gifts that were given to you at your baptism because the church needs them. The church needs you to live out those gifts in your every everyday activities. The world needs you to live out all of those gifts so you can help expand the kingdom of heaven. All right, you guys, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a friend so we can spread the news of clumsy theosis and help more people live out the kingdom of heaven? And if you liked it, I would like to know your thoughts. I would like to know how it's impacted your life. So please don't be shy to reach out to me, even if you have questions or doubts. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Clumsy Theosis. Don't be shy. Reach out. I'd love to hear from you guys. All right, everyone, until next week, be safe. God bless you. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.